Star Wars 7x7 episode 933. Today we're flashing back with a Clone Wars briefing that also bears on the journey to The Force Awakens. This is Monster Season 3, episode 13 of the Clone Wars TV series. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Amy Rackliff from Full of Sith, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this episode of the Clone Wars TV series is rather rare in that, for the most part, it doesn't include any good guys whatsoever. It's all about the bad guys. There is one scene toward the end where you get to see a Separatist attack on a Jedi Temple, and this is a Jedi Temple on another planet entirely, which I'll get to. And you see some clone troopers, and you also see a Jedi Master and his apprentice. The Jedi Master is Halsey, and his apprentice Knox. No one you've ever heard of, basically. And they are readily dispatched with by our bad guy, about whom I'll also tell you in a moment. There's no Yoda, there's no Obi-Wan, there's no Anakin, there's no anybody like that. It is pretty much a whole bad guy situation. So Count Dooku is, of course, champing at the bit once his new apprentice slash personal assassin. So Asajj Ventress is sent to the far side of Dathomir to check out the Knight Brothers. Once she's there, she goes through an assembled batch of Knight Brothers, almost like Madeline Kahn going through a batch of guys in blazing saddles. And... Basically, she knocks a few of them around saying they're too weak, they're too tiny, this, that, and the other, but accepts some of them for three trials that she puts them through. The first of which has to do with all of them trying to go up against her at once. And yeah, that doesn't go very well. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The second test has about a half a dozen of them surviving. And they're put in darkness and have to deal with their own fear. And also Ventress, who is a huntress in the night. They refer to her as a witch which the way she cackles while she's running around in the dark, it's hard to really argue with that description in a way. I know on our planet that phrase has certain connotations when used in that kind of context, and yet I don't think that that's how it's being used here in Star Wars. I think that it is more of a literal interpretation. I think she is a witch as far as all of these Knight Brothers are concerned. And certainly the way that they access the Force through the dark side and through the magical ichor that they use on Dathomir, I guess it's very wizardy-like, so it would make sense to call her a witch in that regard. But enough cultural commentary for the moment. So... Ultimately, only two people survived this second test. She's been actually killing everybody who doesn't survive this test, which is pretty brutal, but there you have it. It's not the most brutal thing we've seen on Clone Wars, for sure. Anyway, two survived to this final test. They're brothers, actually, and the younger brother, unfortunately, doesn't do so well. The two of them get separated, and Ventress is able to pick him off, and just as she's about to force choke him to death, the older brother shows up and basically says, take me and spare my brother. And so Ventress lets the brother run away and the hand-to-hand combat gets really down to it with this last remaining Knight Brother and Massage Ventress. And this Knight Brother does about as well as anybody could hope to do against Ventress, but ultimately she lays him out, puts her foot on his neck, and he submits to her will, and she's suitably impressed. So she takes him back to Mother Talzin and the other Night Sisters and says, yeah, this is my candidate, and Mother Talzin is rather impressed with him. 
She can feel hate flowing out of him, feels very powerful to her. And so they put him through this ritual with another Talzin and a whole bunch of Night Sisters performing some sort of dark magic on him. And it causes him to basically grow and have his horns spike out more and get, you know, not quite Hulk-like, if you will, but just kind of expand and get more muscular. It's almost like the super serum treatment that Captain America gets when you see him go from wimpy Steve Rogers to, you know, Captain America Steve Rogers. It's kind of like that effect, basically, but with more horns and pointy things. So... Anyway, just to make sure that their ritual has done what they needed to do to turn this guy into the complete and utter fighting machine that they want him to be, they bring the younger brother around and say, hey, now this is your final test. Kill your younger brother. And that ends up being the most brutal thing of all in this whole episode because (laughs) the older brother, who has now been, you know, Captain America-fied, but... (laughs) evilly so just grabs his brother by the neck and grunts and crushes his neck crushes his windpipe and just drops his dead body right there thus we have the birth of count dooku's newest assassin savage oppress which i've been looking at that name for a while and seeing savage oppress and i'm glad it's not operas <laughs> which seems like it would be pushing it but savage really that one I don't know about. I mean, yeah, of course, Savage is a little too on the nose, but if Savage is too on the nose, then don't even spell it like Savage, okay? <laughs> Savage Opress. All right. You know what? It's already done and been done, so I'm just going to live with it. Savage Opress is now ready to be delivered to Count Dooku. And this is where we get into the crossover with the Journey to the Force Awakens, because the first assignment Dooku gives Savage Opress is to take down a Jedi temple on the planet Deveron. And Deveron, if you'll recall, is the planet that Luke Skywalker journeyed to in the novel Weapon of a Jedi that was part of the Journey to the Force Awakens. The events of that novel take place between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, and it's during that period where Luke is desperate to learn anything he possibly can about becoming a Jedi to try and hone his tactics and skills, and he ends up getting into the ruins of a Jedi temple on Deveron, and here we have in the Clone Wars a temple that's being defended by a couple of Jedi and clone troopers, and Savage basically knocks a bunch of battle droids out of his way in his urgency to get to the Jedi and summarily dispatches the both of them, which is how the Jedi Temple falls into Separatist hands, and I'm sure that that is the start of it falling into the ruin that Luke Skywalker will ultimately visit some 20-odd years later. And that is pretty much the sum and substance of the episode, aside from the fact that we don't yet know exactly how the trap is going to be sprung, how Savage is going to be told, all right, this is your moment, kill Count Dooku. Don't know that yet. But one thing I will add that Count Dooku mentions is this. I foresee we will do great things together. I shall teach you the ways of the dark side. Soon your powers will rival that of the great Sith Lord Darth Maul. We will be even more powerful than Lord Sidious. We shall rule the galaxy together, my apprentice. 
All right, a couple of things about that. First of all, that no good, dirty, double-crossing Count Dooku. See, this is why they came up with the rule of two for the Sith, because when you get three, then two of them are looking to kill the other one. Or at least this one is trying to convince that one to help him kill the other one. So, yeah. Anyway, the other thing that I thought was weird is I didn't get an indication that the Knight Brothers were Force-sensitive in this episode. I mean, I know they have to be to some degree. I mean, Savage Opress is supposed to be a powerful Sith guy in this whole thing. I don't know how long his story arc lasts. I don't know how long he's involved in the Clone Wars, but he's supposed to do that. And yet, for that whole trial period where Ventress was testing out a bunch of the Knight Brothers, it didn't look like any of them displayed any Force powers of any kind. So it does make me wonder if they are just purposely not trained in how to use the Force. But they still seem to have this capability, and it's a little weird because the stuff I've read about Dathomir and about the Night Sisters is that their abilities in the Force are tied to the magical ichor that runs all through Dathomir, and so they tend not to go very far away from Dathomir because that means that their powers will be diminished. Clearly that isn't the case for Ventress, so maybe she's an exception to the rule, or she's learned how to access the dark side of the Force through other means, not just the magical liquor, and then I guess presumably Savage Opress will have the same benefit as well. Oh, oh, and the other thing that I didn't mention to you earlier is that this all ties back into Darth Maul as well. Because when Mother Talzin, the head of the Night Sisters, is talking to Dooku, she's saying, hey, there's some Night Brothers that are from Darth Maul's lineage that are still kicking around. Would you like an apprentice from that group of folks? And Count Dooku's like, yeah, bring it on. Which is how Ventress ends up at that particular Night Brother clan and gets Savage Opress to be the sort of Manchurian candidate in Count Dooku's inner circle. And that, my friends, is going to do it for my look at Monster Season 3, Episode 13 of the Clone Wars TV series. I've got trivia after the break for you, so stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. All right, on Friday I asked you what four-word phrase Rey utters when she realizes she's going to have to fly the Falcon on Jakku, and that's, the garbage will do. Today's question, what does Unkar Plutt say when he sees the Falcon flying away from Nima Outpost? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge the Jedi Council... Check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a test, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.